Don't use love this time of year. There's a whole bunch of fake outs where you think it's gonna be spring. It was 50 degrees earlier this week. We call it false spring. Mm, that would make sense. But like today I walked outside and I was like, great, it's Christmas all over again. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas, do you remember that show we did last semester? The Christmas show? Yeah, the episode during our radio show times. Oh yeah, yeah. That was really fun. We got to play a lot of different songs by a lot of different artists. It was kind of bittersweet at the last one that we played, Michigan Christmas. Ending the show that way felt really satisfying. Speaking of Michigan Christmas, I saw an article on Parade.com that said Brian Darcy James, 10 years later, got to sing that exact song at Carnegie Hall. And he described the experience as astounding because it was something that was super sentimental and meant something about like him, his hometown, and his family. The first time I heard that song, it was already important to me because I'm so close to that area. But I was so happy that we got to mention that one song, and honestly, I wish we could have done more. From Nakano to Motown, from Muskegon to Madonna, you're listening to The Musical Mitten. I'm Maggie. And I'm Bree, coming to you from Olivet College. This is your guide to all things music, all from the state of Michigan. I feel like every time that I mention to somebody that I did theater in high school, even if I've never told them before that I did theater in high school, they'll just go, oh, I know. (laughs) Oh, we know. Megs, you've got theater kid energy. It radiates off of you. (laughs) Like, as a fellow theater kid, it's easy to spot, but, like, you've just got this persona that just... I don't even know how to explain it, but, yeah, even strangers who have never been a part of theater can absolutely tell that you're a theater kid. It's obviously the drama. That's who I am as a person. I wasn't even, like, the kid who got the lead. I was typically, like, in chorus, but I was still into theater enough that I think it's just a part of me now, which is wild because one of my favorite Broadway stars is from Michigan. Not just Michigan, but pretty close to your hometown, I think. That is very true. Brian Darcy James is from Saginaw, Michigan, which I did not know when I first heard him in a show. And I ended up finding out probably a couple of years later, actually, that he was from Saginaw. It absolutely blew my mind. Honestly, I think you did better than me. I just started as a fan and then never knew until we went to do this specific radio show, actually, because it wasn't even this episode. It was last semester when we were doing The Musical Men on air, and we used one of his songs for our Christmas show and our last show for that semester, and that's exactly the moment I found out. (laughs) So I had no idea. And you'd heard of him, too. Oh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Shrek the Musical, it's one of my favorites. I found out that he was from Saginaw because of Shrek the Musical. Did you really? Because I did it in high school. (laughs) (laughs) We played it the year after I graduated in high school, so... I got to see it, but I wasn't, like, a part of it. It was a bummer. They had a really cool dragon. (laughs) Oh, man. I want to say I was... It was the summer between my sophomore and junior year, I think, that they did Shrek, and I was watching it because it was on Netflix at the time. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it was on Netflix at the time. And as I was watching it, I was, like, going through, like, the cast or whatever... Like trying to figure out like who everybody was, ended up clicking on Brian Darcy James, found out he's from Saginaw. That's fantastic. (laughs) I love that. I mean, he's been in quite a few things though, but the Shrek musical because it was played and I got to see it from my hometown, like it does have a bit of a small place in my heart. (laughs) Understandable, honestly. But the version that they recorded on stage was Brian Darcy James as Shrek. Yep. And that was not even close to the only show that he did. Oh, yeah, no, he's got a ton more, like... And on Broadway, off Broadway, television, movies, all of these different things. 
and you would not know that he was from Saginaw. <laughs> He's got a very impressive IMDb portfolio. That's very true. But yeah, he originated from Saginaw. His mother was Mary James. His father was Thomas James. His grandfather was the former governor of Michigan, actually. He tweeted Veterans Day of 2014. He was World War I vet. And his grandfather was Harry F. Kelly, who was the former governor of Michigan. Oh my gosh! That is so awesome. You're pulling a picture and mm -hmm. it just, it looks so good and I had no idea. Yeah, but he tweeted that back in 2014 in honor of him, just to honor, you know, his family and where he's from, really. Because, I mean, as we've seen from A Michigan Winter, he is very connected with his hometown, his family, like that all means a whole lot to him, even after a bunch of successes. And he didn't really even, like, he didn't go to college in Michigan. He went to Northwestern, which is in Evanston, Illinois. Yeah. He was the class of 1990, actually. The college did an article on him after he was in Something Rotten, which we will get to in a bit. But he still returned to Michigan even after that and really has strong roots here. Actually, speaking of college and not going to Michigan, he did at least visit a college in Michigan. According to the SBSUEDU, he visited Michigan in 2020, March 30th, at the SBSU's Malcolm Field Theater for Performing Arts, where he performed with the university's top students and the award-winning Gershwin pianist Kevin Cole for one night only, but it was still a fantastic performance. I've actually seen Kevin Cole in oh, concert. That's awesome, have you really? Yeah, for Christmas I did. But yeah, he is an excellent pianist, and it is really exciting to hear that they got to perform at Saginaw Valley. Where did they perform at Saginaw Valley? Like, what concert hall? It said the Malcolm Theater for Performing Arts, and the event was free. They just had to RSVP before it sold out. Oh, I love that. I know, I, I forgot to include that part a little earlier, but yeah, it's totally free. That is absolutely incredible. And SVSU is a great school. Same color as all of it, red and white. Oh my gosh, my hometown's red and white too, so. Love that. I know. <laughs> but clearly music has played a, quite a big role in his life, especially if you look at his Broadway accomplishments. He was, he's done on and off Broadway, I mentioned this earlier. Oh yeah. He did Next to Normal as Dan Goodman. He did it when it was off-Broadway, left the show early before it went on Broadway, and then came back when the show was on Broadway later oh. on. He did the same thing with Hamilton. Yep, he did. <laughs> which I think is really exciting. This is like, I used to be really into Hamilton, so I knew this from that, but he was the original King George III before Jonathan Groff was, who was the original Broadway cast version of King George III. And this was in 2015 when the show was still off-Broadway, and then he left to do another show, came back April 14th, 2017. The Mike website, which covers some of these music-related things, they did an Eight Things to Know about Brian Darcy James, and in one of those they mentioned that after the King George III before him stopped performing on April 13th, he took it up on April 14th, two years after he'd done the show initially. I was very excited that he got to come back to that role later on. And actually, what Hamilton used to do is they would do like little performances outside of the theater before the show. There's a performance with him, Jonathan Groff, and Andrew Rannells. No way. Who were all different versions of King George III. But they don't perform any of King George III's songs, because he only has like a nine-minute stage I was actually going to say, show. it's like three whole songs, I think. I think they did Skylar Sisters, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, a three-role thing. And then I'm pretty sure 
Oh, what's her name, Angelica? Renee Elise Goldsberry was the one who was playing Aaron Burr while they did it. Oh my god. Which was so funny because she was one of the Skylar sisters in the actual show. It's on YouTube. You can go and look it up if you want to see King George the Thirds. The Thirds. The Thirds. <laughs> reenact the Skylar sisters musical number. It was, you know, the off-Broadway original, the on-Broadway original, and then Andrew Reynolds. <laughs> Who is a great actor in his own right, admittedly. That sounds like an iconic trio. <laughs> Hamilton wasn't even the reason that I originally like, found out about him. I found out about him because of something rotten. Yes! And... That's like a close second in my heart, but I'm telling you, the Shrek still comes first. <laughs> something Rotten is easily in my top three favorite musicals. It's such a fun show. And if you know anything about me, you know I love Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. which is such a nerdy thing. But I don't even remember quite the circumstances that led me to listening to a Shakespearean musical, but I have no regrets whatsoever. <laughs> because it's completely ridiculous and makes fun of Shakespeare. It's not about Shakespeare. Brian Darcy James plays Nick Bottom, which if you've read him in Summer Night's Dream, you might recognize the reference, who has his own theater company apart from Shakespeare and just absolutely hates the guy. Oh gosh, yeah. And Shakespeare, who's played in the original Broadway cast by Christian Laurel, is very much an unlikable character. They create the drama. <laughs> they do. And it's just, it's a really silly show. They make fun of a lot of different Shakespeare works in it. There are references to Hamlet, and it actually takes place before Hamlet is technically written in the context of the show, but they still reference Hamlet. They reference Midsummer. They reference Romeo and Juliet at least a couple of times while still making fun of Shakespeare and kind of making fun of anti-Stratfordian theory at the same time. Oh, I was going to ask if you were going to give our fans in the little preview of the Maggie Rabbit Hole. I've known, grown to love and know. Okay, so there is a theory within the Shakespearean community. There's actually, there are two theories. There's Stratfordian theory and there's anti-Stratfordian theory. So this is just going to be a quick crash course. Stratfordian theory, named for Stratford-upon-Avon, where Shakespeare was from. So clever is the theory that Shakespeare did write his own work. Simple enough. So anti-Stratfordian theory is the theory that he didn't write his own work. And there's a lot of reasons why this is a thing. It's a bit of a class issue where because William Shakespeare himself was lower class, he wouldn't have had the, supposedly wouldn't have had the education to be able to write all of these magnificent works. So people have come up with all of these different, like, well, maybe somebody else wrote it. Right. And there's a few different theories here as to who wrote it. If it was already like another famous author who just put it under a different name, like Marlowe or Francis Bacon. But what would they gain? They're famous. Like, right. Why would they want to hide some of their work that could just perpetuate their image? Exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. I think that theory is ridiculous. There's also theories that his theater company wrote the shows and that they just put it under his name. Because so that... he's the face. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> yeah. Which, I can understand why that's a theory. I think it's really interesting in how a group dynamic would work, particularly in theater, and then just having to accredit a singular name. I feel like that'd be a challenge. I get that he's like the face of the theater, but to give up something that you could potentially become well-known for would be yeah. difficult. Yeah, my, my only two gripes with that particular theory is the competition part and also sonnets. Yeah. Sonnets wouldn't have worked that way. That would have been more for his actual plays, like Romeo and Juliet, Midsummer Night's Dream, Macbeth, 
Twelfth Night, like all of these, and it just it wouldn't have made sense for the sonnets to be written that way. There's also a lesser known theory, which is the theory that got me to look into anti-Stratfordian theory, was that a woman, possibly his wife, Anne Hathaway, was the one who wrote all of it and then put it under her husband's name because women couldn't be writers or actors at the time. Now that sounds plausible. Although not to be confused with the Anne Hathaway we know nowadays. <laughs> different, totally different. Rumor has it they looked similar. I have heard the same rumor. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna have to reach out to Taylor and Julia and get them to talk about it on their podcast. Absolutely. This is totally a shooting false realities topic. I can I can hear yes. it right now. Shout out to you guys. R. Anne Hathaway and Anne Hathaway the same person. <laughs> we have to get into it with Keanu Reeves too. We know. Oh, please it. do. This week in music, Billboard has announced their 2022 Women in Music Top Executives. There is an article with all of those categories, including 12 Hall of Fame honorees, music groups, labels and distributors, marketing, and more. If you want to check the rest of it out, check out billboard.com where you can find out the specifics for each category along with other categories we may not have mentioned. Dweller Music Festival, which was founded in 2019 in New York, happened this past week. It ran from February 23rd to February 26th. The festival was founded by Frankie Hutchinson to celebrate black culture from music like techno and dubstep to funk, soul, and disco, which seems like a lovely way to round out Black History Month. While you may not have been able to catch this year's music festival, you can still look into it, look into the artists that were in attendance, and possibly get a head start on next year. We can't do a show about musical theater without doing some musical theater news. And it just so happens that Slate came out with a review of The Music Man and its update for the 21st century. So for audience who does not know, there is a Music Man revival that is on Broadway right now starring Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman. This is neither of their first endeavors into musical theater, but if you know anything about The Music Man, it is definitely, definitely written in the 1950s. So they definitely had to change some of the lyrics to reflect the ideals of the 21st century and not offend anyone, but there is some debate on whether this makes it too clean. I would argue no. This show is definitely offensive in quite a few ways. <laughs> but we won't know until we've actually seen it for ourselves. And that's been This Week in Music. The Musical Mitten started as a radio show through WOCR 89.1 The One, Olivet College Radio. As Maggie, that's me, and Bree, that's me, went on a road trip full of music all through the Great Lakes State. Let us know who you want to hear next on the survey linked at the bottom of our website, themusicalmitten.wixsite.com slash themusicalmi. So there's all these like different things, but something rotten kind of takes this on and satirizes it into that Shakespeare was actually a terrible person and not writing his own work by taking other people's ideas and kind of rewriting them to make it seem like he was doing it, but it really wasn't him. Yep. And it's just, it's a really interesting take, and the soundtrack is so much fun. The song, God, I Hate Shakespeare, <laughs> is so funny. First of all, because of the name. Second of all, because it's just a really good song. So catchy. And just, there's, there's a lot of jokes if you, it takes a specific kind of sense of humor, but if you like Shakespeare, and you like making fun of Shakespeare... It's totally for you, but that's definitely what got me into his work. So essentially every theater kid. <laughs> that is, that is very fair. 
but I was very excited. I was very excited to get to listen to the whole soundtrack. So does his voice transfer to on screen instead of on stage at all? It does, actually. The show's been on my list for a really long time, but I've seen clips of the show Smash. I've heard about it, but I don't think I've seen it at all. It was on TV from 2012 to 2013, and if you look at his IMDb, he does have a credit in it as the character Frank Hudson. And Smash kind of was a musical TV show. Okay, so that's like right up his alley at least. Yeah. (laughs) And not to say he hasn't done any other on-screen musicals very recently. We are talking about West Side Story the other day, which was just recently in theaters. He played Officer Krupke. Oh, what? I did not know that. Yeah, no, I heard... I didn't watch West Side Story. I I saw the original West Side Story, but I did not see the most recent version of West Side Story. Same, actually. But I did see the cast, and I saw him, and I was like, oh, that's... Yeah. I like that for him. And, like, he has had, like, other non-musical roles in, like, movies and TVs, too, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, I guess it really shouldn't be, even though, like musicals and music in general are like his thing he is very good at getting himself out of his own box i guess for lack of a better way of explaining that yeah but he's done tv shows he's done movies he was in 13 reasons why another show i never watched ironically i read that book in like high school and then was too afraid to watch the show because i knew what the book had in store it's a Netflix adaptation, right? Yeah, they've changed it. I think, like, they continue way past the book. Like, as far as my knowledge, the first season is pretty much where the book ends. Everything after that is different. Or added. He played Andy Baker, which you might know the character from the book. Yeah, that is the character who is the daughter who ends up committing suicide death. He played the father for that, and his role, at least as far as the book is concerned, is pretty big, so I'd assume it's the same in the show. Yeah, he is definitely accredited on a number of episodes, and I guess he sort of is that dad type of character. No spoilers for Hawkeye, obviously, <laughs> but I'm a bit I'm a bit of a nerd, if you haven't figured it out from this whole episode. Oh, hey. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> a bit of a nerd. Um, not just in theater, but for other things, too. And I watched Hawkeye very recently. The show came out right around Christmas, November, December of 2021, I want to say. Ah, so right as we were wrapping up our show. Yeah, and I actually found out about this after our last episode aired. Otherwise, I think I would have mentioned it. Ah. But he does have a guest starring role in the show. And it's funny because I watched the episode that he was in and thought, wow... (laughs) <laughs> that looks like Brian Darcy James. That sounds like you. And then found out later that, oh, yep, it was Brian Darcy James. M Live did a thing on him. Oh, okay. I think it might have been my dad, actually, who mentioned the article to me, but I just pulled it up on M Live for Saginaw and Bay City. But M Live did do a little bit of a feature on how Brian Darcy James was in Hawkeye, which was the first couple of episodes were released in late November. But if you have seen the show, you know probably a little bit about his character. And I think I'm noticing a pattern with the father figure roles, which I think is interesting. Okay, I was gonna say no spoilers though, right? No spoilers. (laughs) No spoilers, I promise. It has been not enough time for spoilers yet, (laughs) but I know I'll be really excited to see 
more from him in the future, especially if he's being featured in a Marvel project. Oh my goodness. That's huge. Do you know anything that might be on his radar? Actually, I don't know if it's going to come up or not, but there was a 2016 article on Parade.com. And I'm really hoping this is becoming a thing, but I haven't seen anything about it since. He's turning one of his favorite rock opera albums into a show. Apparently, he's obsessed with his artist named Kevin Gilbert, who wrote a rock opera called The Shaming of the True. And Ooh, Shakespeare. They, yeah, speaking of Shakespeare. But apparently he has this really big, like, he's obsessed with it, and he's had this really huge desire to change it into an actual show. But there hasn't been a whole lot about whether or not that production's been in process or happening at all. So I'm keeping my eye out for it, though, because I'm excited. There you go. Another thing to keep your eye out for is he is going to be producing a so far untitled CBS comedy, kind of based off of Saginaw. What? It's based on a true story about an auto worker from Saginaw, Michigan, okay. who got laid off from his job and became a professional bowler. Variety has this article on it, which talks a bit about West Side Story, but then goes into his future projects just a little bit. So I will certainly be keeping my eye out for that, yes. especially because it is a Saginaw-specific thing, and I'm always very excited to hear about things that come from my area. Of Michigan in general, but yeah, when it's that close to home, you can't ignore it. Absolutely not. Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the clock either, which means we are going to have to wrap things up for today. But speaking of local things that we are super excited about from Michigan. Keep your eye out for next week's episode where we get to talk to some of our favorite artists from Michigan. We'll catch you next week. This has been The Musical Mitten, where we bring you all things music from Michigan. Check out our Spotify, The Musical Mitten, with playlists for you to listen to in addition to the show, as well as our Instagram and Twitter at The Musical MI. All of our past episodes, radio show, and podcast are on our website at themusicalmitten.wixsite.com slash the musical mi again that's t-h-e-m-u-s-i-c-a-l-m-i-t-t-e-n dot w-i-x-s-i-t-e dot c-o-m slash t-h-e-m-u-s-i-c-a-l-m-i look for updates and announcements from us in all of those places or keep listening in for weekly episodes catch you later